Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Gifts of Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. We recently transitioned to a bi-weekly format. The hope is that our transition will allow our amazing listeners and supporters to have a better chance to get to know the incredible men and women that we're able to bring onto the podcast. But before we get to this week's episode, I'm really excited to tell you about some amazing doors that are opening for Wellverse Comedy. In the coming weeks, we have three big shows. On Friday, February 21st, 7.30 p.m., we will be at Trinity Lutheran Church and School, opening for the incredible Bob Smiley. On Saturday, February 29th, 6 p.m., we'll be part of a fundraiser for the Christian Comedy Network as they're putting together the resources needed to open a Christian comedy club in the southern suburbs of Chicago. And then on Sunday, March 8th, 7.30 p.m., we make our return to the hallowed halls of Second City as we bring back the Decent Comedy Show, which is our very own production at the Blackout Cabaret. That's 7.30, Sunday, March 8th uh, at uh, the Blackout Cabaret in Second City. Uh, we got more shows coming up. Uh, we'll be announcing later on uh, this spring. And we're also available for your next event. Uh, we're available also to bring workshops and improv training. If you want more information, contact us at improv at wellversecomedy.com. That's improv at wellversecomedy.com to bring us out to you. And now let's transition over to our Devotions with Dave segment. I want to read to you from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 4, and I'll be reading from the uh, NLT translation. So verse 2, Preach the word of God and be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when no longer... When, I'm sorry, let me start with uh, verse 3 again. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell, tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject truth and chase after myths. Again, that's uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. And I think for many Christians who are paying attention, we're seeing that this is happening right before our very eyes. Uh, there are many pastors who are becoming afraid, a little bit timid about preaching the word of God. Uh, but Paul tells Timothy and is telling us today, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Uh, it's not about adjusting the word of God uh, to fit the needs of the day. It's about just being prepared. Preach the word of God whether or not the time is is right politically or socially. But you also have to look at the other part of this verse. Patiently correct. Uh, don't pass judgment. Don't throw the Bible at people. Patiently correct. Uh, rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching. So I think patiently also modifies rebuke. So patiently correct, patiently rebuke, and patiently encourage your people with good teaching. So it's kind of a two-sided coin there where be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. But also, as you're prepared, as you're preaching the word of God, patiently correct, patiently rebuke, and patiently encourage your people with good teaching. And in verse 3, we see, and we see it happening today, right now, every day in the news, we see more examples of it. Uh, It says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. And like I said, we see that. I'm not going to call out names. I'm not going to call out churches or or ministers. 
But we know, if we study the Word of God, we know who this applies to. So we have to be, as Christians who truly love the Lord and truly want to make a difference in the kingdom, we have to be prepared. And we have to know that there is a time coming. And I tell you that the time is probably here that we're going to see more and more people just continue to follow their itching ears and be told what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. So I encourage you to spend some time in Timothy. Uh, Paul has so much good wisdom that he imparts uh, to his young protege, uh, Timothy. And it, it not, it's not only helpful for ministers who uh, make a vocation of pulpit ministry, but it's for all of us who want to minister, who want to tell the truth about the Lord, who want more people to get off the sinking ship that is this earth and into the life rafts offered by Jesus. So Timothy, uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 and 4. Preach the word of God, be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject truth and chase after myths. So stand firm in the word of the Lord, speak in truth and love, and as I can't hammer this uh, home enough, patiently correct, patiently rebuke, and patiently encourage your people with good teaching. So I encourage you, uh, the Lord encourages you because he protected and preserved his word for us, and uh, just take it with you uh, as you go on about your week, about your month, about the rest of the year. Uh, Go and preach the word and be prepared. So that is our Devotions with Dave segment for this week, uh, our first uh, bi-weekly uh, podcast episode. Now, February is Black History Month. It's a month of celebration of achievements of incredible men and women who are often overlooked. It's also a month of reflection and, and even mourning for the tragedies that have occurred in the history of black Americans. Too often the stories in uh, this history is manipulated for political gain or to silence others. But I encourage us to all take time to really understand black history, uh, the heroes, the victims, and, and even the martyrs of black history in America. Uh, in my first year of podcasting, I had thought of trying to make my February interview specific to black history, but in all honesty and all transparency, I felt convicted. I felt a level of patronization and reaching out to a friend and say, hey, you're black, let me talk to you about that. Now, I don't claim to be colorblind, but I do believe that ethnicity is only a piece and not the defining characteristic of any human being. So I wanted to share just a few comments and encourage you to, if you not have uh, already done this, listen to some of the episodes with some of the amazing men and women uh, that I've been able to speak to who just happen to be black, uh, which is a part of who they are, but it's not their identity. I also encourage you to spend time watching some powerful pieces of art and storytelling that maybe can reignite or develop an appreciation and maybe a little bit of an understanding of what our friends have seen and are still uh, trying to overcome today. Now, this isn't political. This is being real. And I hope you'll take a couple of hours and watch the movie Harriet. It just came out last year and learn a little bit about the incredible woman, Harriet Tubman. Also see some of the evil that our country inflicted on our black friends uh, during that time. 
Another production I would love for you to support is 1619, The Journey of a People. It's written and directed by my friend Ten Williams. Uh, there are two opportunities to support 1619 coming up at the end of February. Uh, this production debuted in August 2019, and it was developed and it was created to commemorate the 400th anniversary of the arrival of the first black slaves in America. Uh, there are links to the two nights on February 27th and February 28th, 2020, uh, where 1619 will be uh, produced, uh, coming up at the Greenhouse Theater in Chicago. Uh, this production has been all over. Uh, they've traveled with this story, and it's been telling these incredible stories, and I'm really happy for and really proud of my friend uh, Ted Williams for getting this uh, production done and how well it's doing. So this week on my podcast, I want to do my, my small part to help support Ted, the incredible cast, and the entire production of 1619, The Journey of a People. I wanted to reshare parts of our conversation from this past summer, right before 1619 debuted. So I want you to visit 1619musical.com, 1619musical.com, for more details and to get your tickets. And also listen to these portions of my conversation with Ted from this past summer. Uh, first, we're going to talk a little bit about his journey in acting and his production company, Third Dimension Performance Group, of which uh, my wife and I have been blessed to be a part on uh, several occasions. And later, we're going to talk about the opening of 1619 this past August. I hope you enjoy my interview and the replay of the segments we're about to bring you uh, with my friend Ted Williams. And I hope that you'll find your way to the Greenhouse Theater in Chicago on either February 27th or February 28th to support and experience 1619, The Journey of a People. And now here's a replay of a portion of my interview with Ted Williams on the Gifts of Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Third Dimension Performance Group is sort of was born out of just this desire to make seriously poignant art that was uh, inspiring and artistically dynamic, and uh, it was fun. And, and you know, my journey in this work has been very interesting because I started off uh, really acting when I was a preteen. My mother got me an agent when I was twelve. And I started doing commercials and video work and that sort of thing, and I loved it. But I was also in school, and I was playing sports as well. And so I wasn't able to – I mean, I, I would, we were in Indiana, so we were an hour and a half in Chicago. And I would go in, we'd go to school, and I'd drive to Chicago for an audition and come back and then do homework and go to you know, practice, something like that. And so it was, it was challenging, but I loved it. And, and, and blessedly, it wasn't – you know, so horribly consistent that it, it, it was, um, you know, an impediment to my schoolwork. But when I got saved in college, I really stopped acting for a period of time hmm. because I just felt that it wasn't glorifying God, honestly. And I felt that some of the stuff that I had done before when I was in high school, I had done some, you know, some things with some, uh, sexual, sexually suggestive work I had done already in high school. It wasn't uh, some of it was even for educational purposes, like I did some, you know, some videos around sex abuse stuff like that. But even then, I still felt like I was doing things that, you know, I was, you know, comfortable with. But I, and I also wanted to really go into acting at that point. I almost didn't even go to college. But when I got saved in college, I stepped back and I said, "Well, I don't know that I really want to do this anymore. I maybe I have the wrong motives. You know, a lot of actors want to just be famous and that sort of thing." And and in addition to the, the work that I was talking about, you know, that wasn't to me as glorifying a guy. So I stopped. 
and I had a, a uh, my our campus minister. I was at Rutgers University in New Jersey. Our campus minister, his wife, was a performing artist herself, and she had worked in New York, uh, doing a lot of the uh, productions there. And she had been saved and reached out to and connected with Christ through a ministry for artists. And so she was the first person to tell me, hey, you know what? You don't have to make a choice between doing this artistic work and um, being a Christian. And so she really inspired me to do that. And she connected me to some other artistic folks who were saved. And it just was amazing to me. And so what happened from there was I began to uh, learn to dance and I kind of had a gift for that, but didn't know I did at the time and began to write. And, and so, but what happened was that God gave birth to a producer writer kind of person that I didn't think I was before. I was just an actor before that. And because I wanted to create things that connected with this newfound faith, I felt very much like I had to write and, and put stuff out. And so that's really what happened. And throughout college, once I got saved, I knew when I finished school, although I had was getting a degree in politics and still I'm very interested in that space and community work. I knew that business wise, I wanted to be a Christian artist. And so my last semester of college, I wrote a business plan for the third dimension performance group as my college project for a business class. And uh, when I graduated, we launched. (laughs) And so uh, that really was the genesis of it. And since that time, we've been able to do a uh, myriad sort of wonderful, I think, productions and that kind of thing. And, you know, we've had our ups and downs uh, because there have been times that we've, you know, produced consistently and we've had times we've taken off. But I really have never um, lost that vision. And it, it's been, I had that conversation with that woman probably 24 years ago. Um, my heart is still the same. I still want to put out work that transforms people uh, spiritually, mentally, and, uh, and really kind of counters a lot of the negative imagery and the negative messaging that we see in so much of our entertainment and popular culture today. That's exactly what uh, Gifts of Glory is all about, is uh, promoting those exact same, uh, that exact same heart and that exact same mission is finding men and women that are dedicated to using their passions to glorify God, to bring people to the kingdom and to try to make the world a better place, a more tolerable place because this world has fallen and there's just so much bad news and so much trying to divide us and rip us apart that we need those distractions. We need those things that we can bond over and entertain is one of those. It really is. And uh, like you and I always talk about, Uh, particularly with humor, it's medicine for the soul. And there's so much pain out here in this world uh, that we really have got to utilize the gift that God has given us to uplift people. But to your point, there are a lot of folks out here who are doing artistic work. Our country, our nation is full of creative people. But even as I sit here, I'm watching the Tonys and kind of looking at what they're doing. Uh, I find that so much of the work that's being done is not only not just being done to, to not sort of not being done to glorify God, but I don't really feel like it's being done to sort of do anything <laughs> other than make some artistic statement. And I feel that if you're going to have people come sit and, and you have their attention for an hour and a half in a production or an hour and a half in a film or even five minutes in a short film, 
uh, do something with them. You know, inspire them, uh, educate them, inform them, enlighten them, uh, make them think, do something. And I think, and there definitely is work out there like that. But I do find that too much of our work is there's a there's a Hebrew word called uh, Avin, actually that had been looking at to when I was doing some study about just the purpose of life and godliness. And this this word literally means vanity or nothingness. Hmm. And I remember being stuck, that word hit me. Uh, and I remember thinking, I don't want to live a life like that. I don't want to produce work like that. I don't want to be engaged in things like that. You know, sort of the fantasy nothingness. It's like, man, that was funny, but did it do anything for me other than make me laugh? Or, you know, and, and, you, and you and I both know we can watch, you know, all of the various uh, streaming services that exist. There are thousands of films out there to watch and, and you can entertain yourself to death in this country. But how much of it does anything for us other than, you know, we blew up some things and we showed some things. I just, I think that because art is so powerful, we, we have a responsibility as artists to move people towards being better human beings. And there's no better way to be a better human being than to follow the best human being that ever lived, which is our, our Lord's sake. Exactly. And there is always room for the nothing, the mindless entertainment just as a distraction. But uh, to your point, it's so important, especially as men and women of God, to have a purpose and and not just have idle productions out there where, they take, where the audience takes nothing from it. Because what have you really done? Because if they come to a show and they sit for the hour and a half or the hour and they walk out, exactly the same then what have you truly done um, yeah, yeah it's so yeah. important to give them something to carry away and so that they'd be they they'd either feel better or they would be better and through like my comedy my my goal is most of what we do is just clean comedy but mm-hmm. we also play characters we play real life situations and our hope is that we'll speak to something in people's lives that will that will turn uh, turn a light switch on so that they can maybe think about it differently. Or if at the very least they see that they're not alone in the world, because when you laugh right. together, when you enjoy something together, that it's done with a purpose, then your life is, you're going to feel better as you leave that room. Cause you now know that there's more people who think like you because it takes a lot to get people to laugh at the same thing. There has to be some sort of, spiritual mental connection that's true and you know it's funny that you say that because you know humor is one thing you know laughter it can't be it can't be uh you know fabricated if you will right so you know people are laughing at what you're doing those are genuine responses and people are not gonna laugh people may clap for you if they're not feeling you completely but they're not gonna laugh you know and so I think you in the comedy realm, you guys have even a harder a harder job than some of the stuff that I do. You know, my my uh, you know medium, if you will, is you know dance and uh, theater overall, acting that sort of thing. And we obviously put humor in, and you know we've got some musical stuff that happens too. But uh, I can sort of get away, and not that I would try to, but you know if I'm putting on a, a dance or something like that, people may be responding, they may not. But if you get up and try to make someone laugh, if they you either succeed or you don't there's right. not a lot of in between in that you know what i mean so that's a, you know you have a tougher a tougher job i think in certain ways 
Well, yeah. and, but I do have I do have the uh, the blessing of not having to remember lines. All we have to do is find the next point that we know that the audience is looking for, and that can be an intuitive right. connection. But when it's a if it when it's a play that's scripted or a production that's scripted, there are certain things you have to have happen, and just hope that they work and you, they're delivered in the right way. So we have the freedom to stop and cut and do different things when things aren't working in a live production or in a film, you got to just finish it and hope that in the end it pays off. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I find, you know, particularly film uh, to be more challenging in that way. Although you do get to edit and and that sort of thing. Uh, Once it's out there, it's out there (laughs) and that's it. There's no going back. There's no fixing it. There's no, you know, uh, with, with a production, you can mess something up and fix it the next night. People may not forget everything that happens, but, uh, you know, even when I you choreograph dance, uh, there's a huge difference between us choreographing it to be on stage uh, and then sort of choreographing it for video. Mm-hmm. Uh, for video, they're really, uh, video is very unforgiving. And you've got to be, you have to be really, really uh, on point uh, if you're going to, uh, to, to use that medium. So, but I think it's a good challenge, though. It really is. And each medium has its challenges, its ups and downs, and uh, its limitations. Uh, film, if something goes out of frame when somebody's watching it, they can't turn their head and see what was missed. If it didn't That's make true. It film, it's gone. Um, yeah. With live theater, uh, there is no cut and a retake. Um, so everything's got its challenges, its ups and downs, but... The way I, I look at it is we were created by the ultimate creator in his image. So we, mm-hmm. too, have that creative DNA in our bodies. So all we have to do is trust him to use us to be yeah. creative and to do it with excellence. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that overall Christian entertainment is getting better about is not mm-hmm. settling for, we're Christian, so that's good enough. They just I, I see more and more wanting to be good and not just good enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think what you said about the creator is so important, too. I tell people all the time, and I've taught courses at, you know, at uh, some Christian conferences, stuff like that, around this notion of us being creative uh, in the image of the creator. But I think everyone is an artist in some way, shape, or form, you know? Um, it's it just that ours are, our gifts manifest themselves in sort of the performing arts space. But when I look at, uh, for instance, I've got an uncle who does, you know, he's a contractor and he like rehabs these homes and they are beautiful. And he has this level of detail that he finds ways to put into the homes that I could not, I'm amazed by. You know, my uh, middle daughter loves to bake. She's always finding things to bake and create and to sew. Uh, I know people that draw. I know people that, I love to decorate their homes. I love people that love to decorate themselves, okay? Mm-hmm. And they're really, really fashion. They're fa- fashion conscious, fashionistas. You know, those are all gifts to me, you know? And so I, I don't ever negate anyone's artistic gifts. But I think that, you know, there's a, uh, a quote by Pablo Picasso that says that every child is an artist. The key is to help them to stay an artist when they grow up. Mm-hmm. And that to me is really something that I want people to understand because you know this is not this elite gift that only a few people are able to have and exercise people are creative in, in, in 
a multitude of ways, you know, whether they write or whether they, you know, they help do hair or makeup or whatever it is. There are a lot of creative people out there. Our, our creativity just gets seen in, in, in different ways. But I think once again, being made in the image of God, we all have creativity inside of us. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I always tell people that um, when they ask me, how can, you know, how does Christianity or faith work with improv? I say, well, we serve the ultimate improviser. Who else walked into a blank stage and just spoke in a, a universe in existence? Wow. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. It's a very, very good point. So, no, I mean, it's great. I, I, you know, I'm enjoying this conversation because it just reminds me of uh, what a cool opportunity we have, uh, what an important task and role that we have. And, you know, I will tell you as well, when it comes to like churches, for instance, I am amazed at uh, how many churches ignore the performing arts, visual arts, uh, mm-hmm. given that the culture is so, so connected to that space. Um, and I'm not suggesting that all churches have to become entertainment centers because that's not necessarily the case. But I do think that when you're living in this visually stimulated age where, you know, it's hard for us to, to concentrate for two minutes because we've got 30 apps on our phone and we can phones and we can watch, you know, all these various things. Um, I think we've really got to take advantage of that more within the, the Christian community. Uh, we have the best message out there. We have to use the tools that exist, I think, in a greater way. And to your point, some are doing it, but I think we still have a very, very long way to go. We truly do. And one of the things I think a lot of churches neglect to understand is most people who are like you and me, who are artists, who are creative, in a sense, we're storytellers. And look at how Jesus taught most of the New Testament. They were by stories, the parables. And if Jesus taught through stories— then why can't we harness the power of storytellers within the body of Christ to retell those stories in a way that, that preaches to the new generations? And I think, like you, to your point, not every church needs to be an entertainment center. Not every church needs to ho- have a drama team. But pastors and leaders, deacons, whoever, when you know that you have somebody with that skill set in your body, find a way to encourage them. Connect them with people that you know outside your physical church. And not out of and don't be f- fearful of well if I send them to the Baptist church across the street they're going to leave ours. They right. will appreciate the support that chances are they're not going to leave your church, but they'll also no longer feel like that orphan artist that is harnessing this gift but doesn't know how to use it. Right. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And so you know we keep on going and we keep producing and I, you know I hope that. Uh, you know, and, and I hope that one day all of the work that we're doing will, I'm creating a body of work, I believe, that will hopefully edify someone. Mm-hmm. And I have found that, you know, some church spaces appreciate it, but others don't, and that's fine, but it doesn't stop what we're called to do. And so our, our gifts and callings are not dependent on the approval of sort of one leader or that sort of thing. And, and that's okay, you know, it really, really is. And you just have to sort of keep on going and, and push, and God will open the doors that need to be open for the, for the work that you have to do. We've got more of the Gifts of Glory podcast coming right up. Now, do you or someone you know have an event coming up? 
Are you or they looking for entertainment uh, that's going to reach all generations, that's going to be clean and won't offend, and will leave your group with some great memories? Oh, and all that, plus not going to break your budget? Well, check out Wellverse Comedy. We love to bring laughter, love to keep it creative, unique, and clean, and we love leaving our audiences rolling. We recently packed the house at Judy's Beat Lounge at the Second City, and we're ready to bring some awesome comedy to you. For more information, email improv at wellversecomedy.com. Again, that's improv at wellversecomedy.com. And we also do training as well. So if you're looking for somebody to do a comedy workshop or an improv workshop to improve communication, team building, self-esteem, and helping people find their voice, we do that as well. So again, use that email address, improv at wellversecomedy.com. More of the Gifts of Glory podcast coming right up as we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts, talents, and passions to honor and glorify God. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. So I'm excited about this new project we have coming up. I know that you mentioned that you wanted to uh, speak about that. I was going uh, and to so, segue right into that 1690. Oh, cool. Yes. So I won a grant from the Illinois Arts Council a few months ago to create a production to commemorate the 400-year anniversary of the first uh, African slaves arriving in Jamestown, Virginia. And so I really uh, began to write months ago and I'm still working through some things, although our production is coming up very shortly here. So I've got to, I'm still uh, in, in the rewriting process. And I've given myself about another week or two to, to do that. But we are creating an artistic experience to celebrate this journey. And it's a really different kind of show for me, uh, having written Torn and written, uh, which is my personal testimony on stage, by the way, uh, through a musical, which was the journey of torn mm. um, and the mystery dinner theater show and some short films. And, you know, I've done a lot of sort of uh, skits, right. And, and short plays and that kind of thing. But this was very different because this was a little more, um, con- well, somewhat controversial, I guess, because of the, the topic and sort of, you know, the issues that we'll deal with. I, uh, but I also think that it's so much bigger than me. And that's what I'm very excited about uh, with this production. I recognize, even from the responses that I've gotten so far, that there are a lot of people that want to celebrate, commemorate, and uh, you know, sort of be moved by this story, which is really the story of the African-American community is really a story of faith and of God's um, provision, even when it didn't look like it. And I would probably liken it to the, the journey of the Israelites, uh, where um, God had them in a period of uh, slavery and challenges, and yet they came out 
uh, on the other side uh, in a dynamic, powerful way. I think the, uh, I wrote a book called The Way Out, Christianity, Politics, and the Future of the African-American Community. I wrote this a few years ago, and I liken that journey to really the story of Joseph uh, most directly. And so I, I want to tell that story, and I want to show, once again, how in all of my pieces, whether they are overtly Christian or whether they are uh, not, um, my message of faith is always there. And so even in this show, although this is not sort of a quote-unquote Christian show, uh, please understand that the message of God's provision and the faith that was built in this marginalized population, this, this African-American community, uh, the really the the... the last part of this production is all about that faith story and how, you know, without our faith, where will we be? And how God um, has allowed suffering for people. You know, it's interesting because Jesus says how hard it'll be for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's easier for a rich man to go through the eye of the, um, excuse me, for camera to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom. And I think that when people are broken and when they are challenged, they seek God more. And I think that has been the story of the African-American community in this country. And I think, unfortunately, like uh, most of America, uh, recently I think that there have been trends away from that faith, but I am one that believes that we can help retain it through the arts and through media and that sort of thing. And that's really what I want to tell uh, this, this story, uh, in addition to really um, searching through this narrative of what it means to be an American. Um, for the last 400 years. Hmm. And so, um, so uh, this uh, is, is this going to be a film production or a stage production? That's a stage production. Uh, so it is a stage production. I'm looking to, once we uh, do it, to look into some streaming opportunities and that sort of thing. But this is, this is straight um, stage. We've done a series of short films. You've been in two of the last ones that we've done, uh, you know, shameless plug, <laughs> but uh you know, so we will look at, after I get through this production, uh, we're looking at the possibility of doing a feature film uh, eventually with the, with Torn, uh, once again, which is that sort of spiritual concept. And so, uh, but this one right now is, is stage, uh, stage only. And I've seen uh, uh, your, um, your sharing in the posts and, and the videos with, uh, with uh, my man Cello and Shannon Stiles. Uh, any uh, other uh names in this production you want to plug and, and give them a shout out? Yeah, sure. So there's a wonderful vocalist that has already signed up for our work. Uh, her name is uh, Leslie Michelle. She's an amazing gospel jazz vocalist. Um, and right now, those are our folks we were hiring. Actually, no, Sissy Reynolds who is uh, a wonderful, wonderful dancer that we've worked with in a number of productions. She's on board as well. We're going to be hiring one or two other folks. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to be working with my comedy team, uh, which I normally do. I love you, you and our good, dear friend, Christine Houston, creator of the TV show 227. Uh, but uh, So I'm giving you guys a uh, shout-out, too. But we'll be back with you guys on some of the other stuff that we're doing, hopefully, if you're not too busy and important with all the myriad uh, projects you have going on yourself. Uh, but, yeah, so those are the folks. And really just wanting to create a visually stunning experience for people uh, and that really is something that i'm very excited about we've got tributes to dr king and 
Booker T. Washington and Frederick Douglass and a number of other folks like that in the production to really help us to kind of tell these stories and uh, to inspire people along the way. And what would your biggest hope be that there would be a takeaway for the audience that night? So what I want people, once again, I want people to walk away being, to understand some of the current challenges that we have in our nation and where they come from and sort of some history behind it, to be inspired about what's possible uh, and to be committed to making our world better recognizing that, once again, as I even shared uh, a little while ago, uh, that this faith journey, that God is so critical to all of this this story, and that although um, we may have sometimes a a history uh, in this country and people around the world who suffer have a history where they feel like God has abandoned them, he never has, Mm. and that he's always there and he's always working uh, for our good, even when we don't, we don't see it. And for me, as you're describing the production, the, the, the image I'm getting is even though it's not, the story is not similar, just the book of Esther, where even though God is not mentioned for somebody with a trained eye, you can see the impact and the power of God in play during the entire uh, story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. So 1619 hits the stage, and that is August 24th, if I'm not mistaken. August the 24th uh, this year, 2019, and that'll be our premiere, and we'll be uh, hopefully doing some travel with the production and some other things, and so we're really looking forward to it. So please, those of you guys who are listening, please come out and uh, tell your friends, and we're going to make some magic on the stage here, and uh, I'm really excited about it. And it's going up on August 24th, which means that the script will be completed August 23rd. <laughs> Let's hope that. <not. laughs> the script is done, done tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so where, We're almost uh, there. where is this going to be at? I know it's in uh, going to be in Chicago. What college was that? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be at Kennedy King College. There's a brand new 300-seat uh, theater at Kennedy King College. It's amazing. Uh, we've used also the Venom Theater. Uh, which is on the north side of the city for productions torn. So we'll probably go back to the rhythm for our second run, which will be in late September, early October. Uh, but we're premiering it at the college because I think it's very important. I'm doing some work. I work at the college and we've got a following there that I think is going to really benefit from this production. So we're excited to launch there and then go from there. We've got uh, some potential engagements in Virginia and some other places. So hmm. we're very excited. And uh, like I said, come on out and check us out. And there's a really great tie-in because August 24th, four days before the anniversary of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Oh, wow. Okay, here. That's, yes. Uh, yeah. Which is, which is, which is, which is the 28th of August? Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Yes, yes. And that's actually so, so here's the other piece. The actual anniversary of the first 20 slaves coming to Jamestown, Virginia is August 20th, so it's four days before. That's very interesting. So four days before the actual anniversary, we do the play and four days after Dr. King's anniversary. Thank you for that. I didn't think about that. So it's a powerful, powerful time. I think it's, it's, uh, it's divine in that way. Uh, it's divine. So I'm, I'm yeah, that's exciting. 
And for more information, they can visit your website, tedwilliamsiii.com. Or Ted Williams III, or also known as Ted Williams III. So, but thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Yeah, thank you. I mean, this is great. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> and we'll also have the link in the show notes so anybody listening can uh, uh, come back to it and find the link to the website, also the link to Third Dimension Performance Group. Yep. And- um, uh, the third and, and don't forget about don't forget about corn. You know, corn is still alive. That that is my 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 heart and soul, my baby there. And we still, uh, you know, we still do. Um, we're going to be doing a corn sort of Easter production next year, and uh, so we're always available to come and do some pieces uh, for church services and that sort of thing, which I think is really cool. We come and supplement. You know, sermons and, 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 and that kind of thing. So, Torn really, I probably have alluded to this multiple times but didn't express it, but it really is the journey of how we make decisions to follow light over darkness in our lives hmm. and how we all are torn in some way, shape, or form, but God sustains uh, us. And uh, as long as we strive on Him, we'll be all right. that was ted williams he is the uh founder of third dimension performance group he's also the writer director and one of the stars of 1619 the journey of a people which is playing uh thursday february 27th and friday february 28th at the greenhouse theater in chicago the links to the event and uh, to the website are in our show notes if you're available in the chicago area i highly encourage you to go out and support uh ted and uh, the amazing cast of 1619 uh, that is, again, Thursday the 27th and Friday the 28th at the Greenhouse Theater in Chicago. Again, the links are in the notes. Uh, thanks to Ted Williams for uh, uh, having stopped by earlier uh, last summer to talk about the opening of 1619. And I tell you, 1619, the journey of a people, has just absolutely blown up. And I'm really happy for him, really proud of him. And I hope that you'll be able to go support uh, this amazing production. It's an incredible production. You're not going to want to let this pass you by. Uh, so again, thanks to Ted Williams. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Gifts for Glory podcast. I uh, hope we'll see you next Friday night as we open for the incredible Bob Smiley, well-versed comedy opening for Bob Smiley at Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Tinley Park. And if you can't make it then, uh, we're also going to be performing uh, a whole host of other dates coming up. So be sure to watch our website, watch our Facebook page, and we'll keep you in form. So be sure to catch us next time and catch all of our interviews as we bring you men and women who are using their gifts for God's glory. And if you are somebody that that has a gift, a talent, or a passion that you're using for God's glory, or you know somebody, email us and we'll get them on the program and we'll talk to them and help promote them as well. This is the Gifts of Glory podcast, celebrating and promoting men and women using their gifts for God's glory. 